0: together for a God that will always take care of you. The song says, I don't have to worry whatever, whatever's ahead of me. I don't even have to worry about it because I've got a promise and that is that Jesus will take care of me. Amen. We thank God. Uh, We thank God for his promise. Uh, And we also thank him for his nature. We thank him for his nature because there's there are many of us who have uh, who have experienced uh, being promised something but not everybody comes through uh, on their promise. Not everybody holds true to their words so we thank God for the nature of God because when he promises something uh, not only does it come to pass uh, but once he said it it's already done and all we have to do Uh, catch up to it. So we're grateful to God. We're grateful for his promise this morning for he will take care of us. Amen. All right. Let's get ready to go to the word of God. Uh, Let's get ready to go to the word of God. Uh, Today's word, we're going to be in uh, the gospel of St. John, St. John chapter six, St. John chapter six. Um, we're continuing our Make Room series. Um, we're continuing our Make Room series, uh, the series by which we uh, are, are discussing and practicing ways uh, that we make room for God and for the things of God, uh, making sure that we make the kingdom our priority. Amen. Uh, make room. The Gospel of St. John chapter six saint john chapter six very uh, probably one of the most uh, familiar passages of scripture one of those one of those passages of scripture that uh even if you didn't grow up in church you, you've heard this story uh and so um it is very familiar ironically enough uh i've personally never preached from this text uh, so i'm excited uh, to see what god does with it amen john chapter 6 we're gonna read just one verse for this morning Uh just one verse verse 11 John chapter 6 verse 11 all right uh, if you're following along in your own Bible uh, I'm gonna be reading from the good news translation if you're following uh, in your own Bible but I will tell you this uh, there isn't much difference in translations for this text uh, so, so you shouldn't have any issues st. John chapter 6 Verse 11 reads this way. Jesus took the bread, gave thanks to God, and distributed it to the people who were sitting there. He did the same with the fish, and they all had as much as they wanted. One more time, just one verse. Jesus took the bread, gave thanks to God, and distributed it to the people who were sitting there. And He did the same with the fish, and they all had as much as they wanted. Uh, after we pray, I want to talk to you real quick from this thought. All in his hands. All in his hands. Heavenly Father, and we thank you once again for another day. We thank you for another opportunity, another chance to go into your word. God, we ask that you would fill us with your spirit in this moment so that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but doers also so that we can understand what you're telling us and so that we can we can act on this revelation. And we thank you, we praise you. I ask that you would give me strength, give me clarity, give me the boldness to speak your word to your people. I ask this prayer in the mighty, marvelous, miraculous name of Jesus Christ, our Messiah, and it's in that name we say, Amen. Amen. All in his hands. Uh, This particular text, uh, this is uh, the narrative um, by which Jesus feeds the multitude. Uh, the Bible says that there are, uh, during this time, uh, about five thousand men, not including the women and children. Okay, so uh, so we 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 see in this text that, uh, or we see that this is this is that familiar text where Jesus. Uh, as we know, take the, takes the little boy's lunch, the five loaves and the two fish, and he feeds uh, the multitude of people. The Bible says 5,000 men, not including uh, the women and children. And so uh, Jesus, uh, he does this miracle. Uh, and this is this is one of the most popular miracles. Uh, this is one of the, uh, as we'll see as we look further into it, Uh, This is one of the more uh, astounding miracles because there's so much mystery uh, in this particular miracle. But uh, I want to be able to give you uh, a little bit of context. Okay, so so what I need you to understand is what's all happening before we make it to verse 11. I don't want to start you in the middle of the movie. I want to make sure that you get all the context. In the movie so what you have uh in verses 1 through 4 is that john writes that there is a crowd of people uh, that are following jesus uh they're following jesus jesus has uh just recently got some news about his cousin uh john the baptist he jumps in a boat the crowd is following him in the boat and and let me let me pause real quick and help you to understand whenever whenever you read this particular narrative it is important that you read it in all four of the Gospels. Uh, many of you may not know that the first three Gospels uh, are considered the synoptic Gospels, which means uh, that they have a lot of similarities. They're very, they're very much in sync. They tell a lot of the same stories. And although John, the book of John, is considered a Gospel, it is not one of the synoptic Gospels because John writes uh, many narratives that the other Gospels do not document. So this particular narrative is one of few that is documented in all four of the Gospels. And if you read them, uh, if you read all four accounts of this narrative, you'll be able to fill in some holes, fill in some gaps and get a better understanding, a better picture of what's going on. So what you'll find is that uh, Jesus and the disciples have departed. They've gone uh, on a boat and, 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 and the, the crowd uh, sees them on the water. And so they're following along by land, uh, waiting for Jesus uh, to get off the boat. So there is a huge crowd uh, that's following Jesus. And it's it's probably more people than usual because the Bible says that this is around the time of the Passover feast. Uh, and during the time of the passover feast you would come back home uh and have this feast uh as as a celebration uh of what happened with the children of Israel where where uh the, the the death angel would pass over those who had the blood of the lamb on their doorpost and so they celebrated this every year with a feast and this particular miracle happens around the time of the passover feast and so there's probably more people in the city than normal because everybody is preparing for for the holiday. We we got Thanksgiving right around the corner. uh, And this is very similar to that type of space. So there are people in the city uh, uh, following Jesus. They've heard, uh, many have seen of the miracles uh, that Jesus has already performed. So they're following Jesus. And here's the thing, What you have to understand is much of the crowd is following Jesus because of the miracles that Jesus has performed. So it's important for me to tell that that when you're providing something for people, it, it will always draw a crowd. Every time, anytime you're providing something that benefits other people, uh, it will always draw a crowd. Uh, but, but, but the crowd is not often as large when you're requiring something of people. But the Bible says that they knew of the miracles of Jesus and that a large crowd, a large crowd followed him. So a lot of people uh, are 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 there uh, to witness or be a part of a miracle, um, but the Bible doesn't talk about anybody that's there willing to do any work. But but that's 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 a sermon for another day. There'll always be a crowd of people. You want to draw a crowd of people? Make make yourself available to them. Make your resources available to them. Pro- provide something for them um, that that will always draw a crowd. But the Bible says that there is a large crowd uh, following. Jesus. And then in verses five through. Six, what you'll see is that Jesus. Jesus, uh, uh, he he stops. He's preaching to the crowd. He's teaching. Uh, he's healing the sick. Uh, he's working miracles. And so then Jesus asks a question. He asks a question. Uh, the Bible says he asks, uh, where can we buy enough food to feed all these people? Okay, so Jesus says, Jesus said, they don't follow me. They don't been uh, in church service all day. Uh, We we need to feed these people. Where can uh, we buy enough food to feed these people? Now, if you read it, if you read it, uh, in in all the gospels, uh, what you'll understand is that Jesus says, where can where 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 he says uh, one gospel says, how much money do we got in the treasury? How, how much money can we afford to feed all these people? Where, where can we buy food to feed all these people? Now, I, I tell y'all, I tell y'all all the time, and I don't want you to forget it. Anytime God asks a question, your antennas ought to go up. Anytime you see inscription where God, where Jesus asks a question, your antennas ought to immediately go up because we serve an all knowing God. We serve a sovereign God. We serve a God who really doesn't need to ask any questions. So anytime you're reading scripture and you see God ask a question, your antennas ought to go up. Jesus says, where can we buy uh, enough food to feed all of these people? Now, uh, the text says uh, in parentheses, the text says in parentheses that Jesus asked the question, but he does it to test them because he already had a plan in mind. He already knew what he was going to do. He already uh, uh just how he was going to feed people. But he asked the question anyway. Uh, he doesn't shy away uh, from an opportunity to teach his disciples. OK, uh, he, he asked the question. The Bible says he asked this question to Philip uh, to test him because he already knew what they were going to do. Now, uh, my question was, why out of all of the disciples did he ask Philip? Uh, And many scholars believe that one of the reasons why he may have asked Philip was because Philip was from the city that they're in. They're in the city of Bethsaida and and Philip is from there. So if anybody were to know where we can get enough to feed these people, it ought to be Philip because this is this is where he's from. Okay. Now, uh, Jesus says, uh, I asked Philip the question, but the Bible says he only asked him to test him because Jesus already knew what it is he was going to do. And Philip's response was uh, for everyone to have even a little bit. It would take more than 200 silver coins, he says, in order, in order for everybody to have just a little bit. It is going to cost us more money than what we have. Okay. Now. Now, uh, uh, this is this is this is what's interesting. This is what's interesting. Jesus asked the question, where can we buy enough food uh, to feed all of these people? And Philip's response is a response that states what we don't have. He says in order, in order for everybody to have just a little bit, we, 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 it would cost us over 200 silver coins. So the response, uh, uh, Jesus asked, uh, where can I get it? And the response was what it would cost. Okay. Jesus asked where, where can I get it? But the response was what would it cost? This is what you have to understand. This is what you got to understand. Uh, Jesus isn't worried about the money in this moment because the Bible says that Jesus asked this question knowing what he would do. Jesus is not worried about the money in this moment. Jesus says, where is it that we can find enough? Where is it that we can where can we get enough food to feed all of these people? It's not about the money. Why? Because even if you had enough money, nowhere can provide everything you need. Okay, let me rewind it real quick. We going too fast. I told y'all this was the feast of the Passover. Everybody done already went Thanksgiving Day shopping. Uh, uh, the, 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 the shelves are all bare. Ain't nothing left at the market. Walmart, we know they workers don't have one to do nothing. No way, but they really can't find nothing because it's Passover weekend. Uh, and, and and Jesus says, Jesus asked the question, where can we find enough food to feed all these people? Philip's response is what it would cost. Jesus says it don't even matter what it would cost because even if we had enough money, there's nowhere that we can go to get what we need. There's nowhere that Hold on. Wait a minute. There's nowhere that you can go outside of me to get what you need. So Jesus says, I need to test you. I need to make sure that you understand that for what's about to happen, not only do you not have enough money to buy it, but there's no place that can provide it. The only way you can get what you need right now is through me. That's something I, I want to stop right there real quick and encourage somebody. You, you, you've you been tripping over your situation because you've been saying, I, I, I need God. I need God. I'm in need. And you've been trying to figure out how you can get the money to get it. Then you've been trying to figure out how, you, what, place, where you can even find it. But God sent me here to tell you this morning that even if you had enough money to buy it, there's nowhere that can, it can be provided outside of God himself. Stop going outside of the will of God, trying to get the things that you need when you serve a God that said, I will supply all of your needs according to my, okay. All right, here we go. Jesus says, Jesus says, uh, where can we get it? Uh, it don't even matter because there's nowhere that can provide it. That's, that's five through seven. Then, then if you look at verses eight and nine, what you'll find is that they find a little boy with a sack lunch. They find a little boy. They find a little boy with, with a sack lunch. They find this little boy. The Bible says that, that it's a little lad. He's he's a little boy. Uh, uh, he's got a sack lunch. And in his lunch, he's got five barley loaves and two fish two, uh, the, the the Bible specifies that he's got five barley loaves and two small fish now here's what you got to understand here's what you got to understand I don't want you to miss the importance of what's happening right here right now here's what you got to understand I told y'all that there are never any wasted words in Scripture there's never any wasted words when the Bible says that he has five barley loaves that's important when the Bible says that he has two small fish that's important the Bible says that he's got five barley loaves why is that important because what Jesus is about to do we already know the end of the story. Jesus is going to feed all the people. We already know that. I'm not telling you nothing that you don't know, but what I need you to understand is how Jesus feeds these people. The Bible says that this little boy has five barley loaves. Pastor, why is that important? Because you got to understand that a barley loaf was not the, uh, a type of bread that was to be desired. Okay. Uh, uh, the, 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 the barley. Okay. All right. Uh, maybe some of y'all grew up like I grew up. The barley loaf was the booty bread. Okay, y'all y'all know y'all know what the booty bread is. The booty bread is is the piece of bread right at the front when you first open the package, and you skip that first piece, and you go right to the second and third piece, and then when you get to the end of the there's another piece of the booty bread on the back end, and you just act like that ain't even there, and, and you go on, you throw that away, and you're going to open you up another pack of bread. The, the barley loaf was the booty bread. The barley loaf was the, was the bread that didn't nobody want. As a matter of fact, scholars say that the barley loaves were not even usually eaten by people. Barley loaves was what they used to feed the animals. So, 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 so this, this particular meal that's being prepared right now uh, is not a meal that would normally be desired. So this little boy likely does not come from a family of influence or affluence. This little boy likely does not come from a family with generational wealth. This little boy likely does not come from a family uh, that has a lot to offer. Chances are, chances are this little boy's mama uh, is, is on wick and food stamps chances are uh, this little boys mama didn't have much much to give she, she didn't have much to offer they wasn't eating steak shrimp and crab legs they, they they, had to make sandwiches it wasn't no option to skip the booty bread you better boy you better eat every piece of bread that's in this package this, this little boy didn't come from a family that, that, that had a whole lot but 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 the Bible says that they're able to use what he has and then the Bible says that that he has two two small fish he's got he's got two small fish fish you got to understand when when the Bible says, when the Bible says small fish, he he really means small fish. These are small fish. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the reason why uh, many believe he had more bread than what he had fish is because he didn't have enough fish to get full off of. So he needed the bread to be able to fill himself up because the fish were so small. So, so this little boy, he's got this sack lunch that nobody else wants. He's, he's got a sack lunch made out of sardines and booty bread. This little boy, he, He he doesn't have something that normally people would want to eat. But he's the only one that has anything at all. All right. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. The Bible says that Jesus is in a crowd. It's 5,000 men, not including the women and children. Jesus is in the crowd. And out of all the people in the crowd, out of all of the, all of, all of these thousands and thousands of people, uh, this little boy is the only thing, the only person that has anything to offer. Here's what I like about the text because the text shows us a dynamic that we're missing in the church today. The text tells us and shows us the dynamic between two generations yeah the text shows us a dynamic between two generations you, you, you got to understand that there are uh, there are a lot of issues in today's church because the young people want contemporary and the old people want traditional the old people say we've always done it like that and the young people say yeah and I never liked it then that there's a divide between the generations in the church today but this particular text shows us a dynamic between the two generations why because the little boys mama made sure that the little boy has something to offer, but she understood that he was the one with the energy. So she sent him. Here it is. The older generation got enough sense to give the younger generation something they can use. And then the younger generation has enough sense to be obedient to the instruction of the older generation. You got to understand that there is, there is a blessing and being able to give what you have, but being able to relinquish that to somebody who can do All right, here we go. Here we go. The little boy. uh, Matter of fact, what's needed to feed the multitudes comes from a youthful generation. But it was provided by an older generation. Okay. All right. All right. So, So the little boy. The little boy, he he says, he said, listen, I ain't got much. I ain't got much, but I can give you I can give you what I got. Then then something very interesting happens in verse 10. Something very interesting happens in verse 10. In verse 10, what happens is Jesus says, okay now that I got this little boy's lunch, now that I got his five barley loaves and his two small fish, now that I got it, something interesting happens. The Bible says that Jesus instructs the disciples to make all the people sit down. Jesus instructs the disciples to make all the people sit down now. Now, uh, some of y'all missed it. Some of y'all missed it. Uh, uh, but that was a miracle in and of itself. The Bible says that there's five thousand men, not including the women and children. There's thousands upon thousands of people in the crowd. And Jesus says, before I can give you what you need, I need everybody to take a seat. Here's the miracle, because I can't halfway get 50 people to do the same thing. And Jesus is able to get over 5,000 people to be obedient to one instruction. Now now listen, This I got to figure out how Jesus accomplishes this because I need to take that leadership class. Because Jesus takes thousands and thousands of people and says, before I do anything else, I need everybody to sit down. I need everybody to take a seat. Here it is. I'm trying to figure out, Jesus, how it is that you get all these thousands and thousands of people to do the same thing. I'm telling you, when he gave me the answer, I promise I'll give it to you. To you but the Bible says in verse 10 that he makes all of them sit down. Here it is. he says, before I can give you what I've got for you, I need to know that you can be obedient. He says, before I give them anything, I need everybody to sit, sit, sit to sit down. Here it is. your provision from Christ is always connected to obedience. Yeah, the reason the reason why many of us the reason why many of us are missing out on what God has for us is because of a lack of obedience. It's not because of a lack of resources. It's not because of a lack of opportunity. It's not because of a lack of understanding. Many of us are missing out because of a lack of obedience. Do you understand that anytime Jesus got ready to do something great? There were always some instructions. I mean, even even the man who who had to be lowered it down from the roof jesus said your faith has made you whole." then he says take up your bed and walk there's always some instruction and many of us are missing out on the blessings of god because we don't know how to be obedient you anytime you want something from god you gotta be ready to be obedient understand write it down your provision is always connected with your obedience the Bible says that Jesus says before I give them anything, I need to make them all sit down. Now, now here's what's interesting. Jesus is getting ready to feed the, feed the multitude. And here's what I like about it. Jesus is getting ready to, f- to feed the multitude. And what I like about Jesus is that Jesus always comes through with what he says. Uh, here's what's interesting. The Bible says that where they are in verse 10, Jesus makes the people sit down, but they're not sitting down, uh, in dirt, mud, and rocks. The The Bible says that Jesus makes them sit down and it says that there was a lot of grass there. Yeah. The Bible says that Jesus tells them to sit down and there's a lot of grass there. Y'all missed it because y'all don't read your Bible. I've been telling y'all for the last two weeks in Bible study, you got to make room for the word. You got to make the word of God a priority for you. If you was making the word a priority, you wouldn't have missed that thing. Here it is one more time. Jesus says, make the people sit down. And then it says there was a lot of grass there. I wish y'all was here with me this morning so I could see you in your face. You got to understand that Jesus makes them sit down before they eat not only uh, to, to, for them to be able to show their obedience but Jesus makes them sit down before they eat to fulfill prophecy all right. All right. I wish I was here so I could look you in your face because I need to see whether you're getting it. Because I feel in my spirit, I feel like I feel like somebody rolling their eyes right now because you don't see what I'm talking about. But I believe that Jesus tells them all to sit down, not just to see if they're going to be obedient. But Jesus has to tell them to sit down to fulfill prophecy. Pastor, what prophecy are you talking about? Here it is uh in Psalm chapter 23. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture. Okay, y'all still didn't get. I told y'all, I told y'all Jesus and the disciples, they were on a boat, and the crowd was following them. Uh, while they were on the boat, the crowd was following them by land. Uh, he leads me beside the still waters. Okay, all right. I, I, I really wish, I really wish somebody would just help me real quick in the comments. Hold on, here it is. Here it is. He's getting ready to feed the multitudes. Uh he prepares a table before me in the- Oh man I, I'm really I'm really wish I was catching on to this thing Jesus Jesus is a cold dude because Jesus says not only do I need obedience from you but I got to fulfill some prophecy real quick go ahead and take a seat while I do my Jesus thing when just when you thought that I couldn't do nothing else I show up and i do it again here it is Jesus says I, I gotta fulfill the prophecy so I'm gonna make you lie down in these green pastures while I've led you beside the still waters and I make this table before you in the presence of your enemy here it is we now in verse 11 this is on where we needed to be I promise this is gonna be the shortest sermon I probably ever preached because I'm just now about to start that was all the introduction praise God uh okay Uh, verse verse 11 verse 11 we did all that to get to this point verse 11 uh Title of today's text, All in His Hands. How many know that when you put things in the hands of the Master, that He never seems to disappoint? When you put something in the hands of the Master, you can, you can take it to the bank. When you put it in His hands, I already know that everything is going to be taken care of. Here real quick. Verse 11, uh, the Bible says that first Jesus takes possession. Okay, he's got the little boys five barley loaves and his his two small fish. The Bible says that that he first takes possession. Here we are in verse eleven. Jesus took the bread. Okay, Jesus took the bread. All right, he takes the bread. Jesus takes the bread. I don't want you to miss it. Y'all got to slow down when y'all reading scripture. I gotta hurt I gotta hurry up and write this study guide because they moving too fast in the scripture. I gotta hurry up and write it because y'all not getting it. The Bible says that Jesus. T- bread here it is when you when you understand what the text really means when it says Jesus takes the bread you got to understand that when Jesus takes it it no longer belongs to who gave it okay all right jesus took it so that means that means it no longer belongs to who gave it so so it was the little boy's lunch to start off with but once he gave it to jesus it now belongs to jesus it's no longer the little boy's lunch anymore once he gives it, it it no longer belongs to him now Now, I told you all the time that God don't share no space. This is why we got to make sure we make room for him because God doesn't want to share space. So Jesus says, Jesus says, if you want me to do anything with it, you have to give it to me. Okay, you you, you can't give it to me and hold on to it at the same time. You can't do both. You can't do both. You you can't give it to me. And are you going to give it to me or you going to keep it? Here it is. This is why this is why we 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 uh, both figuratively and literally lay things at Jesus feet. This is why the altar is at the feet of Jesus. This is why the altar is at the feet of Jesus, because Jesus says, if you're going to bring it to me, I just want you to bring it and lay it down and get out the way see too many times do we try to give something to Jesus but we also trying to hold on to it you you you, you can't you can't give it to him if or, or I'll put it like this don't give it to him if you're gonna try to still keep a hand on it because here's the reality here's the reality Jesus can do more uh, with a little bit than you could do with a lot anyway so you might as well let it go put it in his hands put it all in his hands and let it go here it is because Jesus has the ability to multiply by division and to add by subtraction. Jesus is always going to be able to do more with your situation than what you can do with your situation. Here it is. Here it is. This is how I know that Jesus is able to do more with a little bit than you can do with a lot. Because the Bible says that this boy has five barley loaves and two small fish. Jesus multiplies by division and adds by subtraction. Jesus will take a situation that seemingly has nothing and make something out of it. Jesus will take a situation where something looks dead and he brings it back to life. Watch this. Uh, y'all do understand that, that that bread is made from wheat. Okay, and wheat has the ability, uh, while it's planted, wheat has the ability to continue to multiply itself. Wheat, wheat has the ability to continue to multiply itself. The, the, the wheat seeds will sway in the wind, and, and they'll, they'll they'll fall on the ground, and they'll continue to just multiply itself. But in order to have bread, what you have to do is you have to take the wheat, and you gotta crush it. Okay, you, you you gotta take the wheat and and, and you gotta crush it. Uh, you gotta take the grain and and you gotta crush it. The only way you can make flour is to crush the grain. And once it's been crushed, it can no longer produce. Mm, okay, all right. And th- and then the Bible says that there's two fish. And I don't, I don't know about y'all. Some of y'all, I'm praying for you. Some I, I I tell you, I'm I'm putting you right on the prayer list today. Some of y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all to eat some sushi. Y'all to eat some raw fish, uh, in a minute. I'm praying for y'all. God, God bless you. Y'all eat some raw fish, but, but, but I don't think, I don't think none of y'all eating live fish. I don't think I don't think anybody is eating live uh, fish and so and and so jesus takes jesus takes some bread that's been made out of grain uh in the, and the and that's been made out of flour and the flour was made out of grain and the only way you can get the flour to make the bread is to crush the grain and then he has the fish And the only way you can eat the fish, you got to kill the fish before you can eat the fish. So he takes something that is crushed and then he takes another thing that's dead and he uses what's crushed and what's dead to multiply. Okay, all right. right I don't know if I'm talking too fast or if y'all listening too slow but Jesus multiplies by division and he adds by subtraction he takes something that has been crushed and he takes something that has been dead and he's still able to multiply it even though it's already been crushed and even though it's already died is there anybody that can say I've gone through some times in my life where life was seemingly crushing me and I don't know how God did it but he continued to produce something out of me I've gone through times in my life where certain parts of me were dead. I didn't have nothing left. I didn't have no happiness left. I didn't have uh, no forgiveness left. I didn't have anything left. It was dead in my life. And somehow God still was able to produce something in me. I'm so grateful for the power of Jesus Christ because he can take something that's been crushed and that's been killed and still produce something from that thing. Jesus first possessed it. He first possessed it. It's in it's in his hands. It's in his hands. And then Jesus, Jesus, then the Bible says that Jesus lifts it towards heaven and he prayed over it. First, he possessed it and then he prayed over it. He first possessed it and then he prayed over it. The Bible says the Bible says that he gave thanks to God. The Bible says he gave thanks to God. Here's what I love. Jesus always sets a perfect example for us. Here it is because Jesus takes what the little bit they have. Jesus takes the little bit they have. And the Bible does not say that Jesus lifts it up towards heaven and says, God, I need you to take this little bit and make it a lot. The Bible doesn't say the Bible says that Jesus takes the little bit they have and he lifts it up towards heaven. And the first thing out of his mouth is thank you. Ah, Here we go. Here we go. Jesus teaches us that before we go to God in prayer, asking him for anything, we ought to take a few moments just to thank him for what we have. Uh, Many times we mess up because we looking at a little bit and instead of being grateful for a little bit, we go right to asking God for some more. But my question is, what have you done with your little bit? What have you been able to produce with your matter of fact? Have you simply said thank you for your little bit? You'd be surprised what kind of doors can open for you when you start to open up your mouth and tell God thank you for a little bit you'd be surprised You'd be surprised the type of car God might have in store for you when you start keeping your hoopty clean. You'd be surprised what kind of house God will put you in when you start making sure that your apartment is clean. You'd be surprised what kind of spouse God might have for you when you start carrying yourself uh, by loving yourself and not allowing other people to treat you like trash. And you understand that you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. You'd be surprised what God will do when you start to give him thanks for just a little bit instead of asking him for some more God says if you be faithful over a few things then I'll make you ruler over many somebody just needs to stop real quick and say God I'm sorry I've been asking you for more but before I mess up and make that mistake again let me thank you for the little bit you've already given me let me thank you for what you've already provided let me thank you for the doors you've already opened let me thank you for the ways that you've already made God let me thank you I, I, I know the doctors say they don't know what's going on but God I thank you for letting me see just one more day God I thank you for the little bit that you've already given me Jesus says God thank you for this little bit God I thank you I thank you for a little bit you gotta you gotta understand many of us are missing out because we're ungrateful yeah, many of us, many of us, we, we, we missing out, uh, because we ungrateful. A lot of times, many of us miss the miraculous because of ungratefulness. You gotta make sure that, that, that you haven't, uh, found yourself in position where you're continuously asking God for more when you ain't made room for what you already got. The Bible says that Jesus, he first possessed it. He took the bread and then he prayed over it and he thanked God. Now, now, if Jesus, uh, God, if Jesus will take time to thank God for a little bit, how much more time do you need to take to thank God for a little bit? I mean, Jesus, Jesus, the, the word of God wrapped in flesh, Jesus, the son of God, he takes a moment to thank him for a little bit. He takes a moment to thank him for a little bit. So if Jesus uh, thanks him for a little bit, what, what, what you think you? you? You ought to be doing, you ought to be every chance you get, every time. Every time you get in that hoopty and that thing start up, you ought to thank God for a little bit. Every time, every time you walk into your house and, and things are still intact and there's food in your refrigerator, you ought to you ought to thank God for a little bit. I know you've been eating on the same pot of spaghetti all week, but thank God for a little bit. You 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 don't get to the point where you get so accustomed to God being God that you become ungrateful. You you gotta make sure that you don't forget where God has brought you from, and you make sure that you thank God for a little bit. The Bible says that Jesus first possessed it and then he prayed over it. And then the last thing Jesus does when it's in his hands is he passes it out. The last thing he does is he he, he passed it out. He passed it out. We still, in verse 11, he passed it out. Here it is. He distributed to the people who were sitting there. Right. He he distributed it to the people who were sitting there. Now, now, here's what you got to understand. I told you that this is one of the few stories that, that that's listed in all in the Gospels. You got to understand that G, that John is the only way that document, the only one that documents it this way. John writes it that, that Jesus distributed to the people who were sitting there. But all of the other Gospels say that Jesus required the disciples to distribute it okay now now i'm not saying that john is wrong i'm saying that that this was not uh, a major focus uh for 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 john in his perspective of the story john said i don't care who gave it out the bottom line is it got given out okay so so but all the other gospels say that that jesus required the other disciples all the disciples to pass it out now uh uh, uh here it is you, you, You got to understand, you got to understand that the disciples didn't work the miracle, but they were responsible for distributing the results of the miracle. All right. All right. Now, uh, here it is. Um, My job today, my, my, my job today. Uh, As it was last Sunday, as it was the Sunday before that, as it will be next Sunday. My job today is not to be uh, your source. My job is simply to be a resource. Jesus, I I, I, want to promise you that Jesus is still in the miracle working business, but my job is simply to distribute it. That's all I'm here to do. All I'm here to do is to distribute what Jesus is already doing. Here it is. The miracle, this particular miracle, this is why I like this miracle, because this miracle shows the importance of community this miracle shows the importance of family I love this miracle because this miracle is meant for mass consumption Yeah, this miracle is meant for mass consumption. This ain't like the miracle where Jesus heals the blind. That That's a miracle that's for the individual. This ain't like the miracle where Jesus tells the lame man to get up and walk. That's a miracle. That's an individual miracle. This ain't like the miracle with the man with the withered hand because that miracle only blessed him. This ain't like the miracle with the woman with the issue of blood because all that did was benefit her. I love this miracle because this is one of the miracles that's meant for mass consumption here it is this miracle doesn't work unless it's been distributed okay This, this 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 is not a miracle at all what what good would it have done for Jesus to make all of this food out of nothing uh, only for it to just sit there. This this miracle was meant for mass consumption. This miracle was meant uh, for for mass distribution. Uh Jesus does it for the multitudes, but here's the catch. Here's the kicker. This is what I like about Jesus. I'm telling you, we can use this text to to, to do uh, a leadership one-on-one, <clears throat> because even though Jesus does it. For the masses, even though it's meant for mass dis- distribution and mass consumption, the Bible never says that Jesus takes the time to pause and say, hey, y'all watch this. The, 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 Bible, the Bible never says that Jesus takes the time to say, watch watch what I'm going to do next. The Bible never says that Jesus takes the time uh, uh, to, to get everybody's attention for them to watch uh, the miracle he's about to work. Jesus never says, watch this. He don't make a Facebook post about it. He don't make a tweet about it. He don't put it on Instagram. He he, he ain't telling the world what he's about to do. Jesus says, I've come to be about my father's business and I don't got time to be talking about it on social media because the more I talk about it, the less time I got to actually do it. So Jesus says. I'm I'm talking about Jesus. I ain't talking about y'all. Uh, y'all do whatever y'all want on y'all social media, but 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 the more you spend, the more time you spend on there talking about what you're going to do, the less time you are actually using to do it. Okay? But Jesus does not broadcast it. Uh and so here's what happens because Jesus doesn't broadcast it, there are people that are going to benefit from the miracle that didn't even know a miracle was happening. Okay? There's people that are getting ready to benefit from a miracle that they have no idea is even taking place. Listen, this, this 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 is the last thing I got for y'all. If y'all don't if y'all don't get this, I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. All I got is three points. He possessed it. He prayed over it and then he passed it out. The Bible says the Bible says that Jesus does this miracle for the multitudes, but you got to understand that Jesus does it for a group of people they don't even know what's happening right now. Here it is. Uh uh here's 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 how I know uh that they don't know what's happening. Because the Bible never documents where the multiplication takes place. We we, we have no idea and we have no clue where and in which step. The multiplication begins to take place. All we know is that there's a little boy in the crowd who's got five barley loaves and two small fish. And he's given what he has to Jesus. And Jesus took what he had, lifted it up to heaven and prayed over it. And then he just started passing stuff out. We don't know at what point the the, the multiplication begins to take place. Here it is. We, We don't know if the miracle happened when Jesus took it. I mean, when, when, as soon as we put it in his hands, did the miracle just start happening right away? Like as soon as we put it in his hands, did it did it just start happening right then and there? We don't know. We, we don't know when. When the multiplication start taking place, did it did it take place when he lifted it up and blessed it? Was it was it the fact that he gave God a thank you that opened up the opportunity for the multiplication to take place? We don't know. The Bible doesn't say whether or not the multiplication takes place when he lifted it up and blessed it. We, we don't know when the miracle took place. Did it start to take place when he started to break it? Because because if you read in the other Gospels, he not only blessed it but he began to break it. I I, I don't know. I don't know. If the miracle started happening when he when he broke it, I don't know. Uh, did the miracle happen when he started to pass it out? I don't know. If the miracle started happening when he when he started passing it out, did it happen? When he took it, because we know that when you put something in God's hands that he can do more with a little bit than you can do with a lot. Did it happen when he blessed it? Because once God blesses something, there's nothing that even the enemy in hell can do about what God has already blessed. Did it happen when he broke it? Because we know that we serve a God that knows how to bless us on broken pieces. Did it happen when he started to pass it out? Because we serve a God that's not just a resource. But he's the source. Where did the miracle happen? Where here's what I came here to tell you. I don't know when it happened exactly. I don't know how it happened exactly. I don't even know why it happened exactly. But what I do know is that I'm thankful that it happened. Is there anybody that's got the testimony that says, God, I've been in some situations with you. I've been following you long enough where you've done some stuff in my life and I don't know when you did it, God. I still, to this day, don't know how you did it. God, I don't even know why you did it, but God, I'm thankful that you did it. Is there anybody that will give a testimony that says, God, I'm thankful that you did it. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't even know when, but God, I'm thankful that you did it. Somebody ought to give God some praise because you didn't deserve it. You didn't even know it was coming as a matter of fact you shouldn't even have made it long enough to be able to see it but God I thank you for what the, what the ways that you've made and for the doors that you've opened God I thank you that you've owned all right here it is it's all in his hands here it is this is it he possessed it prayed over it he passed it out and the Bible says the multitudes were fed. 5,000 men, not including the women and children. Jesus works the miracle. How did he work the miracle? I don't know how he did it, but what I do know is it came out of his hands. What what, what, what did he use for it? I told y'all that nobody even wanted to eat the barley loaves. But how many know that that even something that nobody else wants, once Jesus put his hand on it, is good enough for me? Yeah, he... It came out of his hands, regardless how he did it, regardless of when he did it, regardless of why he did it. All I know is that it came out of his hands. And I know that if I can put my situation in his hands, that he'll he'll make something out of that too. If I put my circumstances in his hands, he'll make something out of that too. If I put my children in his hands, he'll make something out of them. If I put my marriage in his hands, he'll make something out of my marriage. I I, I don't know how he's gonna do it. I don't know why. I don't know when, I don't know where, but I do know that if I put Put it in his hands that he's gonna make something out of it, all right? Let me. You know what? That, that, that's really all I got. But let me give you. Let me give you a bonus real quick. Let me give you a bonus real quick. We'll close it out like this. If you look at verse twelve, if you look at verse twelve, let me read it because I, I ain't even put this in for y'all. We weren't even gonna touch this. If you look at verse twelve, it says, "When they were all full." He said to his disciples, gather the pieces left over and let us not waste a bit. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Verse 12. When they were all full, when they were all full, Jesus said, don't waste any of it. Gather up what's left over. Gather the pieces that are left over. Then 13. So they gathered them all and filled 12 baskets with the pieces left over from the five barley loaves, which the people had eaten. Here we go. Uh, Here's some food for thought. You can think about this on your while you're already at home. Think about this for the rest of the day. Uh, Here it is. Uh, Jesus says. Now that everybody's full. Hold on, let me pause real quick. Let me pause real quick, because too many of us are coming in the presence of Jesus and not leaving full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna be in the presence of Jesus, you might as well get everything you need. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna be in the presence of Jesus, there's no reason for you to leave on empty. If you're gonna be in the presence of Jesus, you might as well, you might as well get what you came to get. If you, if you're gonna be in the presence of Jesus, you might as well get what you need. Jesus says after they've all were full, he tells the disciples, he tells the disciples, I need you to gather. I need you to gather up the leftovers because we don't want anything to go to waste. Here it is. Here it is. Some of us, we, we, we got to get to the point where we understand that once the miracle reaches us, that don't mean the miracle is over uh, because we serve a God of overflow. We serve a God of increase. We serve a God of More than enough. So when he does it, uh, uh, it's, it's not, it doesn't just end with us. But 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 when God does it, he often brings enough for us to have some leftovers. But that ain't even that ain't even a shout. That ain't even your shout right there. Here it is. The Bible says in verse 13 that out of all the broken pieces out of all of the leftovers that they were able to fill 12 baskets. OK, after 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 it's all said and done, they're, they're able to fill 12 baskets. Now. Now, here's my question. Uh, here's here's my question. My question is. Where'd the baskets come from? Where the baskets come from? I need to know. I need to know how 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 do we gain access to these 12 baskets? Because the Bible says that they were following Jesus and Jesus is working miracles and and preaching and teaching. Uh, and, 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 and don't nobody have nothing to offer except one little boy out of all these thousands of people. Don't nobody have nothing to offer except one little boy. And, and, and now now we got 12 baskets uh, uh, full of stuff. Where where did these where did these baskets come from? Where these baskets come from. Uh here we go. Uh the series is called Make Room. Uh the, the, the series is called Make Room. Uh here it is. Uh so that means the people came broken and in need. Uh but but because they realized they were broken and in need. Uh, they realized they were going to a space where they could get what they needed. Okay, all right. Here it is. I <laughs> I know this is gonna sound trifling. I know this is gonna sound trifling. Uh, but the people came to the dinner. Uh, they came to the dinner, and the dinner wasn't no in. Uh They they came to the dinner, uh, and 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 they say they they said I ain't got nothing to bring. I ain't got nothing to offer. Uh, but but I, but I'm bringing my own Tupperware. Mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I know i know it sounds trifling they, they said i ain't have I, I ain't have nothing to bring uh uh to the dinner uh my food stamps didn't didn't hit this month and 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 and, and the, 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 the ebt swiper was messed up the swiper the swiper was messed up i ain't have nothing to bring uh, but but i brought some tupperware because i believe that 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 i've come to the right place that even though i didn't have anything left that i'm gonna leave with more than what i came with is there anybody that's ever experienced the goodness of God that can say God I come into your presence empty and broken I ain't got nothing left to offer but me myself and I but I'm prepared to leave whatever it is that you have for me God I'm bringing my own Tupperware to the table in front of my enemies God I'm bringing something so I can leave with more than what I came with God I refuse to come into your presence and not leave with more than what I came with Somebody in the comment section ought to say, I'm leaving with more than what I came with. You got to have enough sense that when you sit at God's table to know that there's nothing that you can bring him that he don't already have, but there's everything for you to gain before you leave. Is there anybody that will share a testimony that said, God, when I didn't have anything left, you provided me with all that I needed. And even with what you provided, you gave me more than what I could handle. We ought to give God glory, honor, and praise for what came out of his hands. Amen. That's all. That's all I got. That's all I got. All all, all I need you to understand. All I need you to understand is what happens when you when you put it all in his hands. I just need you to understand what happens when you put it in his hands because what Jesus will do is he'll, he'll take possession of it. He'll possess it and then He'll bless it, and then he'll distribute it. And the Bible says that he'll do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine. We thank him for his hand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your hand. We thank you for your hand. We thank you for your healing hand. We thank you for your hand of provision, God. We thank you for your hand of power. We thank you for your hand of comfort. God, we thank you. Now right now, we place it all in your hand. Because we know whatever our circumstances are, we can put it in your hand and you'll turn it all around. Now we bring you our sacrifice because we know that when you put it, when we put it in your hand, that you'll multiply And we thank you for your hand. God, we give you glory for your hand. We give you praise for your hand. Now, God, I'm asking that you would take that same hand and that you would touch the hearts of your people. Now, touch the heart of anybody that does not know you as their personal Savior. I touch the heart of the person that is that is a a spiritual orphan and doesn't have a church home. God, touch the heart of the person that needs to reevaluate, rededicate their lives to you. God, we thank you. God, we love you. We give you all glory, honor, and praise. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Let every heart say Amen. Now this is what I want you to do. I got some instructions for you real quick. If you're listening to me right now and you need to give your life to Christ, if you said, I'm not going another day without being in relationship with Jesus Christ, today is the day that I make the best decision of my life. I need you to text one word, SALVATION, to the number on your screen, 3175201892. Text one word, SALVATION, and we'll walk you through it. It don't take long. It takes about 30 seconds. We'll get you going. Now, if, you, if you're listening to me right now, if you're listening to me right now and you don't have a church home or, or God is leading you to abundant faith, I want you to text one word. Just text the word FAMILY to the number on your screen, 317-528-1892. Text the word FAMILY. Now, here's the blessing. Here's the blessing. It don't even matter where you are. If there's one thing 2020 has taught us, uh, location doesn't matter. we all going through problems. we all going through issues. We all need a church family. We all need a pastor. Uh, we we all in need. So, so listen, I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're in Indianapolis. I don't care if you're in Alaska. It doesn't matter. You can be a part of the Abundant Faith family. Just text the word family to 317-528-520-1892. All right? All right, now, now, last but not least, if you need prayer, you say, you know what? I've got some stuff that I need to put in the hands of God. I've got some stuff that I need to put in the master's hand. There's some areas of my life that are chaotic. There's some areas of my life that are unproductive, and I need to put it in God's hands. Here it is. You can remain anonymous if you want to, but I need you to just text your prayer request to the number on your screen, 317-520-1892. Just text your prayer request. Our prayer team is ready to pray with you and pray for you. Right. We want to be here for you. We want to be here with you. Right. All right. We're going to get ready to get out of here. We're going to get ready to get out of here. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to think about I want you to think about everything going on in your life. Good, bad or indifferent. Here's here's what I like about God even if you take what's good in your life if you put what's good in your life in his hands he'll make it great yeah, you you you're not limited to putting the bad stuff in his hands whatever whatever you put in his hand he going to make it better so so for the rest of this day for the rest of this week i just want you to just start dropping stuff at the feet of jesus just start to start dropping it at his feet just just put it put it in his hands All right. We're going to get ready to pray and we're going to get out of here. But real quick, I want to tell you, I want to, I want to tell you to continue to stay connected with us. Continue to stay connected with us on all platforms. All right. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram on all platforms. Continue to stay connected. All right. We want, we, I want to remind you next Sunday, Sunday, the 25th is pink Sunday, pink Sunday. We'll be honoring, uh, all of those.